Last week, we started to explore what in Buddhism is called the Three Jewels or the Three Refuges. I love both of those names, uh, and they, they shine a little bit of a different light. Um, I think they're very, very relevant. The, the word that I'm resonating with the most at the moment is refuge. Uh, this, this knowing of a safe haven in the midst of danger. Uh, a refuge is a powerful place to remember who we are, what we care about, how we want to be in the world, place to reground, recenter, re-nourish ourselves. So I love this idea of these three refuges. And if you weren't here last week, the three are the Buddha, the Dharma, and the Sangha. I think of the Buddha, this is the way I relate to, and actually even back up a little bit more, if you've ever been to a Buddhist retreat, you've probably taken the refuge vow. Uh, at the beginning of, of a retreat, you'll often say, I take refuge in the Buddha, I take refuge in the Sangha, I take in the Dharma, I take refuge in the Sangha. And you do that three times. It's a very lovely way to anchor a retreat. And for me, the real power of these refuges is when we learn to remember them in daily life, in all of our life, make it a part of my day. Even when I'm driving on Independence Boulevard, <laughs> when the traffic is wild, can I bring up this, this notion of there is a refuge available to me any moment, anytime, anywhere. So the three, the way I relate to, I take refuge in the Buddha. For me, it is about knowing this was a human being who had this stunning level of insight into what caused suffering and into freedom from suffering and was able to articulate and share that insight in such a way that 2,600 years later, we're still talking about that. So for me, that kind of points to our birthright, something that is within us that is able to flower under the right conditions that is a path of freedom. And with this vow, I take refuge in the Buddha, I really invite you, and this is actually a very basic teaching from the Buddha, don't take anything I say at face value. Explore it for yourself. Find out for your own self what that, where the power is in that for you. Does it work for you? Does it not? Find out. So my invitation with I take refuge in the Buddha, the Dharma, the Sangha, is to question if this sentence were to mean something for me that's useful, that's actually a, a true aid in my path to finding freedom from pain and suffering, what would that be for you? How would you understand that sentence? How would you even rewrite that sentence if you needed to? 
uh, I just really invite you to explore all of this. So last week we talked about Sangha. We're kind of going in reverse order. We did um, this looking at how community helps support our practice, um, our knowing of refuge, practice as refuge. We support each other in that. This week I want to look more at, I take refuge in the Dharma. And then we'll, we'll talk some about um, taking refuge in the Buddha another time or later. So, Dharma, it's this really beautiful word that when I first encountered it a lot of years ago, I was given kind of a pretty simple definition. Dharma means the teachings of the Buddha. And I thought, oh, I got that. Okay, I know what that word means. <laughs> and then I encountered, oh, but it also means this, and it also means that, and oh my gosh, I have no clue what this word means. And after a, a long period of a lot of confusion about, oh, and you're using it this way, uh, it finally all kind of coalesced back to me um, in a way that now this word, I, I, I find it to be one of my foundational words for how I find meaning in the world, how I find refuge in the world. And so again, I'm just going to talk about it from the perspective of how I relate to the word. And I invite you to do the same thing for you. What does it mean for you? One of the, the translations I've, I've more recently heard named is that Dharma points to a certain kind of lawfulness in all things. Uh, that there is this underlying right order um, that when things are in a sort of harmony, there is a natural way that things sort of fall into place that's not static, that has an aliveness and a flow to it, but a rightness that we can feel, that we can taste, that we can smell. It's a sort of ineffable, ineffable quality, but there are lots of ways that we can point to this this quality that something in us recognizes as, ah, this is home. And so that's that poem from John Kabat-Zinn that I read at the beginning of the meditation. And maybe, maybe I'm just going to read it again and share it again with this idea of, you know, how does this relate to the word dharma? And in particular, the idea of refuge in the dharma. Have you ever had the experience of stopping so completely, of being in your body so completely, of being in your life so completely, that what you knew and what you didn't know, that what had been and what was yet to come, and the way things are right now, no longer held even the slightest hint of anxiety or discord. A moment of complete presence beyond striving, 
beyond mere acceptance, beyond the desire to escape or fix anything or plunge ahead, a moment of pure being, no longer in time, a moment of pure seeing, pure feeling, a moment in which, in which life simply is. And that isness grabs you by all your senses, all your memories, by your very genes, by your loves, and welcomes you home. So for me, that's Dharma. That's this wholeness that is always already here. Even when we're caught up in kind of a superficial way of relating to the world, relating to each other, relating to ourselves, and we're kind of in this reactive sort of go, got to get through the day, got to get the groceries, got to, you know, got to, got to, got to, got to, whatever it is, um, that even underneath all of that is a place that is whole and totally, inherently right, no matter what the external story, the superficial story is. And I don't think any of us would be practicing. I don't think any of us would ever show up to sit for 25 minutes with lightly guided meditation if there weren't some place that we were touching into that, that we were feeling it at some level or another. I don't think there's any reason we would do this if we didn't have some idea of that already here. And what's so lovely about this word is that, yes, I think this poem points to that quality of wholeness really, really, really beautifully. Um, but, you know, we don't have to be human in some sort of rarefied, special state of awakeness and, and like wide open to feeling this special, special isness in this moment. For, for Dharma to still be like the way of things, the way of all things that's always here. Like I don't have to wait for that kind of moment to be able to take refuge in Dharma always. I love it being named in that way, but it doesn't, refuge doesn't mean I have to have that kind of experience for my refuge to always be available. And that it's like, you know, the more we look, the more I understand, you know, Dharma is in the weave of the rug, the fibers of the rug. Dharma is in the light bulb. <laughs> Dharma is like, Dharma is part of everything. It is an inherent wholeness that is um, always, always here. And the work is to train my eyes to see this wholeness that's present anywhere, everywhere, all the time, however that may be. So, so one way that Dharma becomes a refuge for me is looking at the physical world, 
really starting to recognize a sort of elegance in how the physical world has manifested in a way that makes sense. You know, we think about this intellectually, we have this whole theory of the Big Bang and that because such and such and such happened all that 15, 16 billion years or trillion, whatever it is, years ago, um, that, that, you know, this happened and then therefore we're here. You know, as an intellectual fact, yeah, that's kind of interesting. But when I let myself move beyond that as an intellectual fact, and I actually stop and I ponder the fact of a universe that we're a part of, that manifested in a way that we can make sense out of our existence in some form or another, that we can relate to each other with love and care. I mean, where does this come from? And that that there is a way in which living in this universe that I can feel makes sense when I taste that. It's kind of stunning. And how often do we actually stand back and contemplate where does love come from? And that I can feel it and I can appreciate it. I can know when it's present and I can know when it's not. And just things like um, water, a spring at the top of a mountain, the water that flows out of the spring will always find the most efficient way down the mountain. There is a way in which the pieces of the universe work together to make sense that water always knows how to find that most efficient way down the mountain. You know, yeah, we can say, well, it's about gravity and it's about flow of molecules and blah, 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 blah. But that all of that actually works, it's kind of amazing. And that it works somehow without ever being mechanical and without ever being locked into some sort of fixed way and state. So you get people like Einstein who delved deep into physics of the universe and came out the other end as a mystical spiritual humanist. Now in that kind of like fascinating, somebody that like went so as far as he could into understanding how the universe works came out as a spiritual mystical humanist, you know? And the word humanist is probably not big enough for the rest of that. So there is this way that I take refuge in the Dharma to mean I take refuge in knowing how ecosystems actually work together. I sent in the community email this week Wolves change rivers. I don't know if you watched it yet or, or have already seen it, but it is stunningly beautiful. The way all the layers of the Yellowstone ecosystem, they, didn't, they, they knew that the absence of wolves in Yellowstone, wolves hadn't been there, I don't remember, something like 70 years, and they reintroduced a small number 
this giant space of land. They reintroduced something like 60 or 70 wolves for this giant space of land. And they knew it would ha the wolves would have some impact um, because that's been studied. They had no clue what that small number of wolves could do in terms of bringing a different kind of health and well-being to all layers of the ecosystem, right down to changing the physical geology of how the rivers flow through Yellowstone. So I highly recommend watching that. That's one way I take refuge in the Dharma, is like knowing when we allow a right kind of non-meddling <laughs> for the pieces of an ecosystem to flourish, there is a way that the ecosystem naturally finds a balance that brings the greatest health and well-being to the overall living system. Where does that come from? And then to like bring it into a very human level, I remember vividly because it was just so powerful. One of my first patients that I had with uncontrolled diabetes that I actually was able to interact with this person in such a way that they got their diabetes under control during the time of my care. So I, like, I had them when they were coming in running regularly with blood sugars, two to 300. If you've never worked in medicine, you probably don't know this, but people feel yucky. They feel bad. They're lethargic. They don't have any energy. It's just hard to get through a day. But what's really interesting is if someone has lived with that for a long time, they don't know it. Like they don't know, they don't have the, the pieces to put together. My sugars at this level is why I feel like this. They don't actually have that information clear to them. And so this, this was early in my practice. This one person who was motivated, I was motivated, we got on top of it. And I don't remember how long it took, but within a month or two, I remember they, them coming back and going, oh my gosh, I had no idea how bad I felt. And I feel so much better. It was like, like they just got like this new life. I take refuge in the Dharma. How is it that we actually have this capacity for our bodies to give us the feedback we need if we know how to listen to what is going to bring the greatest health and well-being possible for our system? Is what's going to make that the most available? The information is here, but we're so bomb blasted by the McDonald's ad and you know all of the stuff going on in that person's life that overrode what their body was trying to tell them. But the fact is the information's here. Like what, what way of taking this step, any step in our life, is there a way of me taking this step that is going to bring the greatest sense of well-being that's possible for me? in my conditions. It's, it's not a cure, it's not a fix, it's not a magic wand that's gonna make everything go away by any means, but just like water finds the most efficient way down the mountain, 
my system has that wired into me as well. And there is a way that I can take this step that is the most efficient possible. And all of the feedback to know what that is, is here if I can tune in more and more and more clearly so that I can be driving down Independence Boulevard, have some, you know, I don't know, traffic scene mess happen, whatever it is that happens on Independence Boulevard. And I can remember, take refuge in the Dharma. And there's a way I can take a step with whatever's happened happening that allows something in me to shift and open in a way that brings the greatest well-being possible in that moment. You know, all the way from the Big Bang to me and Independence Boulevard. <laughs> you know, it's, it's, it's wired in. It's here. So, we'll, we're going to, I've got an exercise for us to do with this. So, we'll, we'll do this next week and we'll pick up uh, part two of taking refuge in the, in the Dharma. And I think what I want to do before I close is just a short meditation as a way to invite you to explore taking refuge in the Dharma for this week for you. So maybe taking a few deep breaths in and out. I invite you to bring to mind some moment when, and not your worst, but one that's workable with and one that you can bring up in memory, when you were not taking refuge in the Dharma when you were driving your equivalent of driving down Independence Boulevard, not in a way of being mindful in that moment. What does that moment feel like? What's happening in your body? It's interesting to notice that even this is taking refuge in the body, in, in the Dharma. This willingness to look at what it's like when I'm not. When my blood sugars are really high, what does that feel like? When I'm driving through traffic, not paying attention, what does that feel like? Let yourself know that feeling. And notice that the feedback of that feeling can be really useful. How is knowing what it's like when you are not paying attention useful for you? And then take a moment to see that same situation where you suddenly remember. Maybe you actually remember the line, taking refuge in the Dharma. Maybe you just remember to take a breath. <sighs> Maybe there's some other way you have been training yourself to remember, and you do. And there is this moment of pause. There's a moment of regrounding. 
If you're like me and you're in the traffic, maybe you notice your hands are gripping the steering wheel. And there's this moment of physical release. Maybe in the moment you remember your values, what you care about most. A compassionate wish of well-being for you that doesn't make the conditions of the moment go away, but changes everything in how you orient. What does that feel like? And what does knowing that feeling teach you? I take refuge in the Dharma. What does that mean physically in this moment now? So for this week, I invite you to play with this refuge. Explore its safe haven. What is it that allows you to step into its safety? And what keeps you caught up outside of its sense of haven? And how is all of that dharma, the way things are? May we all, all of us everywhere, near and far, big and small, seen and unseen, may all of us know the refuge of home is already here, always available. And may we understand how we can use all moments of our life to teach us how to know we're already home. Thank you.